in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. <laughs> yeah, I am. Firing Squad Magoo. Uh, I'm Matt Nost. How are we out there? Uh, yeah, how are you guys? A very close video. How's it going? <laughs> we got so much. Uh, what are we in? Week 75 of quarantine, or at least it feels that way. It's kind of mind-blowing. Things are starting to slowly open up, Matt, which makes me scared and nervous. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it is starting to happen across the country and certainly LA a little bit. Retail stores are slowly opening up. So, uh, we'll see, uh, mm-hmm. how are you dealing with all this? Uh, are you starting to venture out even more or what have you seen? I've noticed more traffic. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, I take more long walks for sure. Even more than I was, you know, before. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully I had a bunch of random projects to do throughout mm-hmm. the so it kept me occupied. Yeah, it's slowly. I mean, but hey, look, let's go to the Ozarks and we can go fucking cruise <laughs> party no pools right now or no. anywhere else, right? Yeah, like no Houston, there's thanks. a downtown club that have a bunch of pools and they had trouble with social distancing. No shit. Really? What a surprise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. People just don't get it. People just like, I won't get it. Screw it. Dead. It's just, it's dumb. Absolutely dumb. I, I, yeah. yeah. A lot. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah, the whole exactly. experience is a lot because it's just disrupted so much of regular life. Yeah. I'm reading articles about how it's basically going to disrupt aspects of the economy and then what that means, like where certain industries are going to push instead of they had laid plans for this. Like self-driving yeah. were coming in 2021. Yeah. The rollout from Ford, GM, and BMW, I believe, were coming in 2021. That shit's not happening. Right. Who's going to get – some of these were like, you know, cabs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like – or shut down theirs. They're not doing it. They're not going to do the rollout, but they were going to have cabs, self-driving yeah. cabs. Wow. Who's going to take that? No, thanks. I'm exactly. never going to take that, even when they perfect it. I, I, just, I just have a fear of not being able to control the human being in the front seat who is driving me just in case I don't like what's happening. So the fact that this uh, this car would take me from one place to the other and could achieve sentience while it's driving me from one place to another, I don't want to experience that. Dude, sentience? Sentience is a few quantum leaps from this. You say that and then boom. I mean, you know, just saying. No one saw the coronavirus I, coming. Well, that's that's utterly different, though. This we, we lay the groundwork. We determine when this happens. We control all the variables here. No. Remember when we talked about the story? They plugged those two computers in. Yeah, and, they and then they started they creating their own fucking language and we had to unplug no. them. And you know what we could do? We could unplug them. Sure. That's what responsible people do. But some mega malign, mega maligniac, I don't know if they fucking say that Maniacal? Word. But yeah, mega maniacal, whatever you say it is, uh, IT nerd will be like, fuck it, let him talk. Let him see what we can create. And then we're all fucking dead. You know one of those it, dudes it out there wants to make that happen. Yes. But to say that it's it's still within our control, whereas 
a virus is not. It has nothing to do with us. It exists in a different plane than we do. All right. Well, if you say so. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Viruses have been killing people <laughs> since there have been people. True. AI has yet to kill a person as far as I Well, that's that's depends on what, how you want to define it. Yeah. How do you want to define AI killing somebody? Well, I know that the Chinese government uses an AI facial recognition that spots minority people, oh. and they sweep those people up and put them wherever the fuck they Oh, go. see? Well, there you Whether go. Or not but that's, not, that's still human use. Well, human but it's AI is the that's running the facial recognition. That's true. That's true. So it's but, leading to, even though it does not realize what it's doing because it's just a fucking program. Right, right. Uh, and I, I don't know anything beyond that. I just know the technology exists, and that's what they're using it for. Um, to go against, I think they're the Uyghurs. Yeah. U-I-G-H-U-R, something like that. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, that sucks. That's not what technology should be for. Right. Uh, but you can't put an altruistic stamp on anything. So, unfortunately, the pandemic, there's going to be a lot more, you know, surveillance. I don't trust anything on devices. Yeah, true. Very good point. I just don't trust anything I can't control, Matt. That's kind of how I'm built. And I can't control sentience. Yeah, but that means you're fearful of everything. Not everything. You can't control it. You that I, not, everything that's cataclysmic is utterly out of your hands. True. Very true. Very true. Otherwise, it wouldn't kill you because you could get out of the way. <laughs> I delude myself that I can control most things to exist. Um, but sentience, I know in my bones, I can't control. So the end result is uh, not a positive one. So, and I don't want that thing driving me around and all of a sudden it becomes a fucking transformer and I'm screwed, you know, instead of harvesting. Yeah, but then, you, then you'd love it. You're like, this is the greatest <laughs> moment of my entire life. Who do I pay 16 to $18 for? And sit in a crowded theater to do this with. It's a deceptive. I'll happily give you my money. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I self-driving cars. I don't like it. I don't trust it. Because then you have, I, you have I, literally no control. I, I prefer to drive and I don't drink. Yes, me too. It's not a problem. So I drive. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been ordering uh, for the first time ever. We have DoorDash, the little monthly. Oh, yeah. I have up until this pandemic, I just go get the food. I would rather just get. Yeah. 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 Personally, yeah, I don't disagree. Most people are like, nah, I'm too lazy. Like, it's it's ten minutes away. Yeah, get it twenty five minutes quicker. So I'm happy to go do this. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I rarely do Uber unless we're out of the country. That's the only time I use Uber. Me too. Or anything like that. I like to drive myself because then I can drive myself home when I fucking feel like it, and I don't have to wait twenty minutes for an Uber to show up and drive into my house and smell the inside of their cars. Or, you know, and there have been some nice ones that are clean, but there have been some bad ones. So I just, I, for me personally, I'd rather just drive my own shitty and smell my own smell in my car, for God's sake. So here we go. I'm not saying I'm clean, the cleanest person in the world. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, I know my smell. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, anytime uh, I'm in an Uber, it's never for the mundane. I'm like you, I'm somewhere else. So yeah. I'm in a good mood. So it's just like, this is fine. Like, right. right. Totally happy. Don't care. <laughs> I've accepted the situation. Well, it's not. Even, I, I've never had a bad Uber where it smelled or something like that. Oh, okay, good for I, you, man. Yeah, it's it's been pretty smooth sailing. But I think I, I've only taken a handful. Yeah, because yeah. I know people that that's how they get around town. Um, Matt Nost, uh, 
We might be getting basketball in single locations. It seems like it's getting closer. What's your feeling? Do you like this? Do you hate this? Uh, What's your feeling? I love it. I hope they – my favorite proposal so far is the World Cup group stage scenario. Right. I think that's so much fun. Um, if you did it for the top 20 teams, then you get four more teams in, but primarily you get the Pelicans and you get the Trailblazers. Yeah. Spurs not ruining their run and the Kings are on the come up, but that no one, if they can limit to 19, the Kings aren't a draw nationally. Right. right. But the other three have big storylines that totally could. And the whole, every game matters. Yeah. Uh, until you basically get to five wins, unless, you know, wh- whoever gets to five or four first, then they can start taking games off, but it makes it way more interesting than to watch an eight seed get routed in four games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, people are going to want to put asterisk on all, asterisks on cool. all these championships, and I don't think they should, man. I mean, who could predict the fucking pandemic? It's a whole other thing yeah. that's unpredictable. So people have to create the space to like allow the cha- whoever the champions are this year are the champions this year, yes. and that's it. Just like any other year, there are things you can't control, right? And exactly. so there are injuries you can't control. There are terrible calls by officials you can't control that cost games or cost teams shots and titles. There are all kinds of things that happen. So why wouldn't a pandemic be also something that's out of your control uh, yeah. and that affects the game play and the run of play overall and affects who wins and who loses. So to me, it's the same thing. So this idea of asterisks is just, I think that's all yeah. bitter fans or bitter fan bases uh, uh, wanting to get a dig at any kind of champion that comes out of any league uh, in across the world in whatever yeah. sports. It's know. ridiculous. Yeah. It's, you won in the year that they played. The only downside yeah. is, which numerous people have, have brought up, but it's the first, one of the first things I thought of is, okay, in that opening stage, what happens if Kawhi gets Corona? And now he's out two weeks. Right. right. They don't advance beyond the group stage. Yeah. Well, everybody's going to think, ah, oh, this was this, something like that. If something like that happens, I think you have more of an argument just in the general, like uh, what the Warriors faced their first championship is it right everybody you played their best player was hurt or you didn't have much of a competition type of thing so you played the team in front of you yeah um but i think if if it took anybody out that would color your perception long term it was somebody huge like if lebron goes out right 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 right. uh but it's no different than an injury isn't it like you know them losing clay and losing kevin before the finals still counts as, as a victory as a championship there's it no does asterisk on that. On so if, I know if, if Kawhi isn't careful enough or people around him aren't careful enough and he gets it, that's an injury in essence. And so, you know, uh, that's the way it goes. That's, that's the playoffs. But, I mean, Kevin okay, so, lost Kevin love in the first round. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. True. But what happens if, okay, say player X has it on one team. Yeah. By the time oh, they pick it up, he's already right. played a game and now you have two teams. Right. right, right, right. No matter with all the testing, they couldn't detect it. It slipped through. It was, you know, and incubated itself enough to be tested. I have no idea. Or, or you knowingly send out a player that has it just to mess with the other player, and they get it. That's some that's some nefarious shit. But I yeah. wouldn't put it past the coach doing that. It's crazy. But you'd have to keep him in a separate <laughs> locker room or something yeah, right. for the whole game, and then he just runs out in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. You just unwrap him. Well, it's like a the WWE. Oh, here he goes. <laughs> the song hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Corona Charlie is here. Holy <laughs> shit. Exactly. 
I'm trying to think of who would be in the playoffs to come in like that late. Somebody <laughs> the end of the bench. You know, anyway. Judd that's the that's the Judd spot right there. Judd Buchler or whatever his name, Bushler, whatever his name. His name. <laughs> oh no, Bushler's in the game. Yeah. Corona. Corona. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like a lot, everyone's, I, I, as we're recording this today, they announced this morning that the Premier League is coming back on uh, mm-hmm. June 17th. So I'm excited about that because we're like six oh. points away from the title and already shitty player. I mean, players on other sh- teams are talking their shit about Liverpool saying, oh, it's not going to count. It's an unusual. You're like Troy Deeney on Watford. Bitch, you're barely above the relegation zone talking shit about the best team that ever played in the Premier League. So suck it hard. Screw okay. you. Well, maybe it's because you're saying they're the best team, and if that's the sentiment, the best team ever. No team has ever won the league by 25 points this late, or this early, rather, in the uh, in the in the uh, uh, campaign. So I'm just saying. I'll tell you this much. I have been watching Bundesliga. Oh yeah, those have been fun to watch. Those aren't so bad without the crowd in there. Actually, yeah, those fine. Those have been fun to watch. Yeah. And I have. I changed. Well, no, Red Bulls, once I read their backstory, I don't like it. It's a fully corporate team. They took yeah. advantage of, like, they're supposed to be a, a what is it, like a 50 and one rule or something like that, where yeah. the public has to own a specific percentage of Yes, the- like the Packers and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So technically they did that, but then the shares they opened up priced out everybody else so they could control all the decisions. Their name, their logo <laughs> is basically the Red Bull logo, which is not. They tweaked it just enough to get around. It's like all of these little things. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. Like, so I just looked at all the logos and okay. favorite uh, was one of the just most simplistic with Dortmund. And then I looked them up. They're second place. It just happened to be. Oh. But I was like, oh, it kind of looks like the Steelers and Pirates. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, I, you know, just like arbitrarily chose that. They happen to be second. That's who I'm pulling for. Oh, it's happened to be second. Okay. It happened to be second. Well, if you, if you just like look Arsenal, the logo, they happen to be one of the top leagues teams in the league. Okay. Well, Arsenal is honestly the greatest name of a team of all time. I don't disagree with you. Arsenal's a pretty good. It really is. It's hard to not like from afar. Yeah. No, nothing. Because the others are <laughs> Man City, Manchester United. I have no t- tie to Manchester. Right. Here's Liverpool. Chelsea. I yeah, Chelsea. I have no tie. Arsenal. Okay. Yeah. It's what we don't have the balls in this country to do anymore. Former, you know, bullets. Uh, <laughs> I love that name. I understand why they felt they had to change it, but that's right. that's an all-timer. Yeah, I like Dortmund. That's where Jurgen Klopp was the manager before he came to Liverpool. So yeah. you know, and they're a big Liverpool fan. Like that his that club has a big history with Liverpool already before Jurgen went over. Mm-hmm. So like they play, you never they sing, you never walk alone at their matches in honor of Liverpool. Sometimes so. Uh, that is a a team I respect a lot. Um, yeah. I'm not a Bayern Munich guy because I mean they're just always number one in that. Yeah. German Bundesliga. So um, I excluded yeah. them. Yeah, as well you should. As well you should. And I just looked at all the other logos, and then Catherine did the same, and she picked like the ninth team. <laughs> okay, like, oh, <laughs> that sucks. But those are our squads. That's the one I like. That's the one you just have. Yeah. I don't know, you know, from Adam. Yeah, but I, I didn't realize that Bundesliga is basically just a feeder system for Premier League and. Yeah, kind of mostly because it's only ever Bayern and. Barugia, and occasionally Schalke, every few years, Schalke will jump up. Okay. But it's really rare when any other team jumps up to challenge Bayern Munich. Uh, and Dortmund has been the one. But Dortmund is like one of those teams that like brings in great players at young ages. 
yep. and gets them into a position where they're able to be sold off and then you start all over again. You know, so yes. they're never going to be Bayern Munich because they yeah. don't have the coffers for that. But I read that article about. Oh, yeah. On the ringer, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere online. But just like here are the two targets going into the season. But here's the one we know is going to go first. And it was a young guy. Right. They're talking about how they've done this in the past and they're going to sell high. Yeah. Sancho. Sancho. Yeah. OK. At the end uh, of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. I, I, I go, I always go Wolfsburg or Schalke. Uh, those are the two okay. teams that I enjoy. I like that green W for some reason, for whatever, like I'll play it on FIFA for whatever reason. I just like that green W Wolfsburg yeah. jumps out. Like that's what I liked about Dortmund. Yeah. Perfect. Two colors. Um, cause most of like, uh, I would say half of the others had some sort of Imperial esque. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something that yeah, held yeah. over from the Prussian or, <laughs> It's like if there was one of those, I would, uh, that would have been my first choice. But there's like five, so it kind of dilutes the effectiveness. Uh, give me the my helmet. Is cool. Yeah. So you find out, and it's they're not even technically their name. That's their nickname. RB stands for something Red- like game played on grass. Yeah, yeah. Lame as fuck, but you just want to get RB. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. They're buying their way that. to a championship. It just. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that, dude. You're a fan. That's fine. I just from from the outside, if I got to arbitrarily choose, man, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know what to uh-huh. say here, but yeah, you've got because they used to, yeah, Borussia Dortmund. I used two Borussias because I remember when I started getting into the Bundesliga in the nineties, kind of late eighties. Because they used to on PBS, they used to have that one hour or half an hour uh, uh, show that they would show on PBS on like Saturdays or Sunday mornings, yeah. and it would be. The Bundes, it would be all about the German soccer. And I can't remember who was the Toby Charles or something like that, I think was the mm-hmm. narrator. And he would do this week in the Bundesliga. And it was all, a, it was a British commentator, but he would be talking about, uh, you know, what was happening in the German league. And Borussia Bar- uh, Gladbach, that was the name that yeah. he always mentioned. Mönchengladbach, Mönchengladbach. And so I remember always Bayern Munich and Mönchengladbach. So there's the, and Leverkusen as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Wolfsburg's in six. Schalke's in ninth, so maybe that's the one that she chose, or Hertha Berlin or Freiburg. So, yeah, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, well, I could tell you in two seconds. Oh, really? Okay. Just because she showed it to me, and I was like, oh, that one's cool. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that, that sucks. That's a shame for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. She chose that. Uh, yeah, so if you look up Bundesliga teams. Yeah. So Dortmund's is first, and I just saw it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It also kind of looks like a racing logo. Yeah, it's a cool logo. The BBB is cool. Uh, she chose, yeah, Dusseldorf, Fortuna Dusseldorf. Oh, Dusseldorf. Okay. Yeah. Uh, even worse, 16th now. Ooh, 16th, there you go. They've lost a couple of sh- uh, games here recently. I could have just got my placement uh, wrong on that. <laughs> I just knew that they were much lower, and I was like, it's a cool logo. That, that sucks, though. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to choose yeah, I mean, look at all the Austrian. You've got yeah, Hertz for sure. Right. Uh, Bayer uh, Leverkusen. Lever- yeah, Bayer yeah. Leverkusen. Yeah. yeah. Then you got Stuttgart. Stuttgart. And yeah. Freiburg's kinda. And I mean, it's just, um, yeah. Cologne. Braunschweig. Yeah. Yeah. Werder Bremen. Berlin. Yeah. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of the same there, guys. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> now that we've torn apart the Bundesliga, <laughs> I'm watching. I'm enjoying. It's fun. Yeah, they're fun. Nice to have sports again. 
And you do have uh, an American. Watch the six thirty games. Oh yeah, no, no shit, no, no, no. Uh, but do you have an American over on Dortmund? Uh, Claudio Reyna's yeah. son plays for them, Gio Reyna. Mm-hmm. So he is. Uh, he was hurt in the first game. Uh, during warm-ups before the first game that they came back, and then he played last week. So he's been playing for Dortmund. So at least you have an American to cheer for on there. So shout out to that. Um, I was thinking about when you're talking about a PBS story. Oh. I wonder if that, that had to be uh, like geographic specific to where anywhere that had a hard, high enough German you know population. Yeah, we were in D.C., so maybe there was enough yeah. uh, a German population there in D.C. Or they watch just that did show. it for – the you know the consulate the ambassador right. Germany asked for it and be like come on half hour a week and they're like not a problem man. <laughs> let's put it together yeah we just yeah. want to put a base over here so let's do a let's do a trade off buddy yeah uh, they never had a British one which I always found weird but yeah um, okay uh, anyway we're not here to break down the the Bundesliga even though we just did we had a lot of fun doing that uh, we're here to talk about uh, the top ten. Films directed by a female director. So uh, we Correct. kind of wanted to break this down. This is a suggestion by one of our patrons. Uh, who was it, Matt? Uh, James. Mr. Le- James Leggett. James Leggett. Nice. And um, there's a good one. There's a lot of good movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tons um, to choose from. A lot of recent ones um, mm-hmm. as well. Um, Not and, surprising, you know, really. Right. You're right. There's more opportunity. It seemed to be more opportunities coming more and more as, as this yeah. uh, becomes a thing. Um, also, uh, this is uh, what you can get when you're a boss hog uh, a mm-hmm. patron level. You can choose a topic for us on the show. So that's, I think that's the $50 level. If you want to be a boss hog and be able to choose the topic uh, for an upcoming show, go and sign up there at our Patreon, www.patreon.com. Uh, slash uh, the top 10 and number 10 there and uh, you know sign up for that level and then suggest uh, uh, you know when we put the calls out you get to suggest some things and if you haven't mm-hmm. been chosen we usually try to lean towards people who haven't been chosen before so you'll probably get up there pretty quick just letting you know if you want to sign up so shout out to you very true and then you also get to participate in everything else we do over there yeah. uh, topic thunder you get a shout out and then the new show that we've got coming out for the 20 and up tier uh, but everybody yeah. listen to it uh, basically Jeopardy, and where the winner of that gets to be a guest on the show. So yeah, over there, uh, you would get that that perk as well at the Boss Hog level. Right. And, uh, we would love to have you. That's all there is. The more Absolutely. The, especially for Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yep. Um, um Cool. All right. Let's jump into this thing. Matt, uh, how does the show work, please? Uh, once we set a topic, or in this case, James Leggett set the topic, we went our individual ways and created personal top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Very well done. Very smooth this week. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank uh, you. <laughs> um, so a lot to choose from, like we yeah. said. And I did... I tried, although I was unsuccessful, but I tried to limit it to one per director. Okay. Okay. There were two that had a chance. I made a choice to uh, yes to one, no to the other. That was okay. And I would imagine we'll have some crossover and then we'll have some movies the other doesn't have. So we'll end up talking about a nice mix. And I I personally excluded anything that was co-directed. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I had a question for you. Okay list i don't know or we had a question for me but let's see if that movie makes your list okay okay um so if it comes bring up, it up that's when you want to ask me 
Yeah, and if it doesn't at the end, then I will say, what about this? I'll pitch you the idea. Sounds good. Um, all right, so 10, I have the Babadook. Oh, good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Feel free. Not on my list. Feel free. All right. It's by Jennifer Kent. Yes. And uh, how spoilery do you want to get? I've never seen it. So um, I know the Babadook is a gay icon. That's about the level to which I I know about it. But um, she is a pretty powerful filmmaker. So feel free if you need to spoil it. I'm not going to go crazy. Literally nothing to do. I think you're the one that told me about that originally. Yes, yes. That it just happened to pop up in Netflix queue under like LBGTQ type yeah. of movie or something. Yeah. So it became a gay icon that way. I don't yep. know something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, without, do you want to see it? It's not that. Yeah, but, but I don't care. Spoil away. It's not going to matter to me, honestly. Okay. Well, it's a horror movie, but the horror is, I'm going to try not to spoil it for those listeners. Okay. The horror is actually real as opposed to the supernatural. Mm. But you assume it's a supernatural force. Right, right. Uh, but the, the the twist on the Babadook itself really grounds the movie, and I think it, it extends beyond the genre of horror at that point. Oh, like, cool. It's just a pure horror film. And then yeah. it this, and you're like, oh, this is really a discussion about X. Wow. Right interesting and you go back and reframe the movie that you just saw right uh so it's 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 a nice it's one of those it was a horror that eventually enough people said it's a really good one you should see it so i did i just sat down and watched it right Uh, just like cabin in the woods it's like now you'll like this one it's different um beyond just your normal you know horror kind of thing uh so yeah i would see it if i if i was you it's interesting okay Okay. sounds good cool okay at nine Mm -hmm. i have leave no trace is that the Ben Foster one? Correct. Yeah, that's my number 10. Nice choice, man. Cool. Yeah. Um, Deborah Granick. Yeah, Deborah Granick. Um, really heartfelt, touching movie. Uh, yes. Father-daughter dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, a former uh, soldier that's struggling with PTSD and readjusting to, to life that so chooses to live out of the chaos. Yeah. In the woods. And just that push and pull between society and wanting some t- type of normal life, but I don't know. It just prefers the calm serenity of the yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like Thomas and McKenzie in this movie. I know a lot of people discovered her Jojo rabbit, but she's fantastic in this movie. Um, there's such a maturity to her at such a young age as an actress. Like, and I don't mean that like physical maturity. I mean, just an energy that is mature. Um, and so you understand why she was cast. You know, and so in those moments with her and Foster, when they have their confrontations throughout the movie as father and daughter, uh, it's never it never feels like an impertinent daughter that's yelling at her overbearing dad. It feels like, you know, someone who's coming into her own and understanding that her life does not have to be his life. Uh, and the the ending, which we're not going to spoil, I think, because people should watch the film uh, as a little gem that they can discover. The mm-hmm. ending is uh, is powerful in so many ways, but in a but in a way that isn't meant to like make you feel bowled over and emotionally uh, distraught. It's more to make you think, like, oh, what an inventive way and real way to mm-hmm. end the movie. Uh, and so uh, I appreciated the, that decision by Granick um, uh, in the film, you know. Yeah, you know, it's about just the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. So yeah. well 
directed and shot and acted. It's it's got nice moments throughout yeah. the growth yeah. of both mm-hmm. characters as they're trying to please the other and doing what's best, you know, health wise, yeah. mentally and physically. Yep. It's a good movie. I agree. Absolutely. One that I thoroughly enjoyed and I was very happy to see it, you know. Um all right, what's your number eight? Uh my eight is not more than likely going to be on your list, which is a documentary. Oh, okay. Uh, Hail Satan. <laughs> okay, this is all you, brother. Go have ahead. you ever seen it? Nope, have not. I think I, I think you you might have mentioned it in the past before. It's uh, never. But come I don't up. know. You, I love I've how never, you think you know everything you've I ever do. said on every episode we've done for five years. You're ridiculous. You don't know well, if you might have mentioned it. I had never seen it until recently. Oh well. So I know for a fact. <laughs> crossed my lips all right all right fine uh, except, this, except this reasoning okay well the only other time i can think of is when you were dead set on i had talked about pcu before we were doing the show many with, times you've talked about it many times. never it's, it came up because it was on their list it was uh jeff and uh, hey, jeff and jt yeah you're right yeah and it's the only time it's ever gone on the show maybe, maybe I about once but the fact that it was on comedy central on repeat for like five years right 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 and uh, talking about Piven, like, we saw you in PCU, your hair. But it's never come up where I'm like, dude, I love this movie. It's fantastic. <laughs> never. It's never. The, the only hill I'll die on is that you have mentioned shoes numerous times on the show. And you claim that you haven't. So I, I will die on that hill. When you made that, that you positive, I think privately we had talked about shoes. but And I rarely talk about shoes until you ask me a shoe question. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's not like I'm, oh, dude, did you see the new blah, blah, blahs? It's so lost on you. That's I'll true. You're right. Of what, Le- LeBron 15, so I hope those work out. Yeah, well, yeah. Whatever they are, yeah, I got them. I got the red and black ones, so they come next week, so I can't wait to slide them on. But I got to order some ankle braces, too, so I can get those to kind of slide well, on. If it's a 15, it's got a woven upper, and it's got a full-length zoom. It's, you can see. So it should be. So, wow, really? If it's the 15, yeah. Holy crap. Okay. All right. But it's a, the first time, because a lot of his are just really structured because he's just barreling through so much. So unless yeah. specific size, it's not that ideal. And this one was kind of more of something that the average player and he was using. Right. Uh, but that, that woven upper uh, must be pretty, pretty comfortable. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, anyway, the documentary that the, for the first time you're ever yes. mentioning here on the show, yes, Hail, Hail Satan. Satan. <laughs> yes. So about the Satanic Temple uh, of America. Oh, and cool. So first and foremost, they don't believe in Satan. <laughs> okay. They're built on religious pluralism in that all religions have a place in the society, and they're anti the push of Christianity trying to make itself the de facto and only religion. I think that's fair. That it, they start talking about it. It's just like, yeah, I agree with you. Like they've fought. They're the ones that fought in Oklahoma and Arkansas to get the 10 commandments taken down. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Cause it's like either you honor all or you honor none. You can't right. one above all the others. So they try and put up like a, a statues. Uh, Baphomet is the name of it, but it's the mm-hmm. headed Satan type of thing. Right. To kind of expose people's hypocrisies. Now, I'm sure some within the group do believe in Satan, perhaps. Right. But just all these diverse individuals of, no, I want rights respected and I want 
basically is so long as you're not hurting anybody, you can do whatever you like on your side. Don't don't inflict your free will or your will upon others to yeah. deny theirs yeah. what's legally allowed. And it's like, oh, that's very interesting. And it's, it, uh, I'm on the verge of... <laughs> there Bless you. Bless you. Yeah. It was building for so long. Uh, anyway, so... They're not trying to tell you, hey, you should become a Satanist. They're not out recruiting. It's just following them along as right. you see why people gravitate towards it and then what they're fighting for. Right. Uh, and it's just interesting. It's, you know, you see a name like that and you're like, what in the world is this about? It's going to be a Satanist cult. And it's all this one time in Norway type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's where a lot of black metal comes from. So Right. <laughs> I, I, I assume there's a Satanist uh, cult or two, uh, you know. Anyway, yeah, well, it's by Penny Lane, so whoever that is. But I happened to see it recently, and I was like, oh, and then this was coming up. It was like perfect timing. Yeah, uh, I told you, I've been on a little bit of a documentary kick as of late, so I've been watching a decent amount. I respect that. Uh, so anyway, uh, there you go. Hail cool. Satan. Question. First time ever mentioned. Uh, number 10, Leave No Trace. I already put that. I already said that. My number nine is uh, um, a uh, film from the early 2000s um, that I really love uh, from uh, Nika Caro. It's called uh, Whale Rider. Uh, okay. Yeah. I really enjoy Whale Rider. It's a film I come back to numerous times. I have it on DVD. I don't have the Blu-ray of it, but I absolutely thoroughly enjoy what Nikki Caro did in this film. I think that's who directed it. I hope I'm right on that. I don't want to give her credit if it's not the right person, but yeah, I think that's who directed it. Um, it came out in 2002. Right. Yeah. Nikki Caro. Yes. Keisha Castle Hughes. Um, and a number of, I think it's New Zealand people are involved in this. Uh, she's a Maori girl who's fighting to be seen uh, as the leader of the tribe. And they don't want to give her that because she's a woman. Uh, or a young girl, and of course they they believe that their leader of the tribe is born, um, uh, and uh, they it's almost like the um, like the Buddha they get the Buddha young and start to train him blah 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 so they think they're is constantly regenerated uh, when their new leader is born when they need one and they always uh, they at least in the movie they default to a man but in this case it's a woman and so throughout uh, she is pushing to uh, show that she is the one and they don't want to, the main guy who is a grandfather doesn't want to believe that she is the leader. Uh, and it becomes a struggle throughout, but it's a very beautiful film. Uh, very well done, small independent film, but absolutely gorgeous <laughs> to watch. And Keisha Castle Hughes is incredible in the film. Uh, and their dynamic with her grandfather, the actor plays a grandfather is a uh, powerful, powerful stuff. So it's always stayed in my mind. And whenever I flip on the TV and I catch it every maybe year or so, it'll I'll catch it. I always enjoy watching it because it's just a, one of those ones that, uh, for whatever reason, just kind of hooks me in. So uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, it, I've never seen it. I got a, a stack of DVDs once, like 30 DVDs from a friend, and that was one of them. Oh, wow. Okay. And it, it sat there for – I had those DVDs for months. <laughs> and I never watched it because I hated the name. <laughs> And the cover just looked like, I don't know, it I, it didn't look like it was going to be any kind of fun whatsoever. Mm. Even for a sad movie, it didn't look like it was going to be fun. So I never watched it. Gotcha. Uh, and I can picture the cover right now. But yeah. the description of it is not my stereotype of what I made it out to be in my head. Right, right, right. Uh, 
uh, should have given it a chance. I don't know why. I mean, I, I do know why I did. I just every time it's like, I got 29 other choices. Yeah. Well, so, maybe someday. Maybe someday. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> then my number eight is uh, Monster. The Patty Jenkins one with Charlize okay. Theron. Good choice. I, 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 that movie is, uh, for what, I mean, that movie is just like brutal to watch. And I don't mean brutal in that it's bad. I mean brutal that it's, it's a hell of an experience to endure. Uh, because, yeah, she, yeah, and I hate when people give her shit for this and they go, oh, the pretty girl may uglied herself up. I mean, fuck you. Like she, she is a legitimately damn good actress. And yeah. this was her way of trying to show people that she wasn't just a pretty face that she wasn't there for you to ogle her and numerous actresses who came before her understood their fame was based on their looks only and did that, but she wanted to be more. And so to shit on that endeavor, I think is, is stupid. And so she really like a put on the weight and made herself look like this Eileen Wernos person uh, and can, and like the energy and the character, all the work she did, it was fantastic. And that, mm-hmm. that uncomfortable relationship with her and Christina Ricci, that's, that is, Sad in the end, of course, of course, uh, what she ends up doing. But you find but with that rape scene or the attempted rape scene is just so uh, horrific to experience. And I remember being overwhelmed by that and just kind of uh, being super frustrated as I watched it happen. Uh, so but overall, Patty Jenkins, of course, directed Wonder Woman, put together a, a fantastic film here. Uh, and I had to include it. I just had to include it. Okay. Yeah. It's because I... It- Making this list, hmm. uh, it's one that I haven't seen since I saw it, and I don't, I'll see. It's not a denigration of the movie in another right, story. right, right. Good movie, but it's just I've seen that, and I can yeah. move on. But yeah, the whole Charlize thing. Yeah, you got. I mean, you don't take pretty people seriously until like someone that beautiful person. You just assume that yeah. she's range or whatever the case is, she's there because she's that easy to look at. Yeah. Uh, she's always been good. She's an excellent actress. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your number seven? Uh, my seven is a, a movie you just alluded to. Oh. Uh, or just said, actually, it was Wonder Woman. Why not? Good choice. Didn't make your list? Uh, no, it did not. I was very surprised it didn't make my list, but there are reasons for it, and I'm glad it's on your list. So, you know, I mean, no reasons way- for it. No, I'm in, in no way am I insulting that movie. No, these other films that I have on the list are just films that I, like we said on an on an earlier relist, or we might be saying on an upcoming relist. I said uh, uh, for me, it's like, um, will I turn it on? And I rarely have the inclination to turn on Wonder Woman, uh, okay. and it's not because it's not a good film; it's a damn good film. But I don't feel the inclination. And these other ones, uh, I do. So that's kind of was the last barometer for me uh, before I compiled the list. Okay. So I had like 25 choices and then pared it down that way. So, um, yeah, I don't think I had like once, once you start writing down, it's like, okay, that's a lock. Yeah. And you're comparing as, cause I make my list and as I'm, yeah, I, there are some weeks where I write down everything I can think of and other weeks as I'm going through and be like, I know that doesn't contend with these. Yeah. Like, in the same discussion to me personally. Yeah. Um, Whereas Wonder Woman, um, as far as superhero movies, I will go back and rewatch others more often. But mm. there are specific scenes in that that are head and shoulders above tons of other stuff that yeah. I will have to go back and watch over and over and over again. Yeah, that's so fair. Shot, the action is just utter or you're seeing this type of sequence that you perhaps have seen before, but through a different lens. Yeah. And to see, you know, the thumbprint of another person on it, it's like, wow, I didn't think you could reinvent that 
that, you know, this sequence again, like boom, yeah. from a different perspective. Right. So a lot of the choices it makes it points, I find, especially within the superhero genre, when we've seen all this shit before, yeah. super interesting and unique. Uh, and, you know, she's made, there's that plus monster. And you're like, you know what? I only really, I will rewatch Wonder Woman. She deserves <laughs> to have a movie on my list. Yeah. Uh, so, but unfortunately, Monster is just not going to be it. Unless we want to do a top 10 movies you've seen once you'll never see again. And <laughs> that might be a fun, yeah, a it would fun be. list down the road. Yeah. And it's not I a like denigration. Yeah, no. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, so Wonder Woman for me, you okay. check Monster. I like it. Great film. Sure. All right. What's your At, six? Uh, six is American Psycho. Uh, yeah, dude, final cut. That was the final yeah. cut. Um, I just had to have a frank talk with myself that I don't love that film as much as other people in my sphere do. Um, I remember seeing it in the theater, went to see it. I remember I was working at a bookstore at the time. I remember we sold out of that book all the time. And then mm-hmm. I sat in the theater and I was just like, I was strangely underwhelmed by it. I thought there's some funny moments in that movie, but it oh, was yeah. too. It was too much about of what's real, what isn't real. I'm a crazy person running around with a chainsaw, and I just, I just, in my mind, it didn't 100 percent work for me. Uh, but Mary Harris is a fantastic di- a director. I just, for whatever reason, it just didn't work for me. Um, I think I liked it so much, knowing that it was a female director, because it's kind of her take on a certain level of toxic masculinity. It's fair, totally fair, yeah. And it's. First time seeing it, I just assumed it was directed by a guy. And then finding out afterwards, you're like, wow, this is this is even more interesting to me. And then you have all the, what you don't like about it, what is and what isn't. I enjoyed right. trying to piece together what the reality of the situation is uh, to me, viewing yeah. it, and come to your own conclusions. Uh, uh, you know, I, I enjoy that about it. But the, I don't know. I just, it's a discussion about, like, greed and the soullessness of what I was led to believe a lot of the eighties and especially that certain subsection of New York yeah. individuals were that cold and calculating and only the most trivial things like a business card really mean something because they all have such obscene money that they obsess about something is nothing is this right. Money is of no concern. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, it's always really resonated for me. I've seen it a bunch of times too. So it, yeah. Yeah. So I get it. It's I know on a watch. Yeah, I know a lot of people love it. I know. And the scene with the hip to be square is hilarious. Um, yeah. The the stuff with the, the prostitute that he hires is pretty unsettling when he's chasing her around, you know, uh, the, apart- the apartment building. And you're just like, oh, my God, what is happening here? Uh, but but and the scene with the, uh, you know, with the card and the way the weight of the card and the way mm-hmm. the font, the elevator, like that yeah, is the embossing. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's watching it going. Dear God, this totally, this definitely happened in oh, some room somewhere yes. here or London or anywhere else where yeah. types of individuals manage to congregate. Yeah. List, you know, money grubbing bastards. <laughs> well said. And I'm not saying all those individuals are, but that rang true. Uh, in the but, 80s for sure. Yeah. 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 Go watch Margin Call and look at Jeremy Irons and tell me that he's not dead inside. Yeah. And that's a realistic interpretation of. That type of individual. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was your six. That was my six. Okay. So mine is, my number seven is uh, uh, also a Deborah Granick film. You were never really here. 
Um, is that a punt? Is that her? It is a punt. No, okay. it's not her. Who am I thinking of? I always it's get Lynn her. Lynn Ramsey. Oh, right. Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, Lynn Ramsey. Yes. I apologize. Yes. And that is a punt. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. I like that it's a punt. Uh, and then my six is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. Yeah. This is a a staple of my childhood, man. My teen years, this film. And uh, I come back to it all the time. And, you know, Sean Penn and uh, 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 Jennifer Jason Leigh and uh, Judge Reinhold, the interesting characters all throughout this with Phoebe Cates. My God, Phoebe Cates. Uh, It's a film that I, it's just a snippet. You know, as as much as Breakfast Club could be like an interesting take on uh, teenagers of that time, Fast Time at Ridgemont High is the actual thing. I knew a Spicoli. I knew uh, that linebacker that Forrest Whitaker plays. I knew uh, a number of people. I knew that Mr. Hand teacher. You know, I knew people like that uh, that are all throughout the movie, the stoners, all of that shit, working the 7-Eleven, like in a small town like Dale City at the time. Like, I knew all those people, man. So for me, this film just kind of still resonates. And whenever it's on, it's a great soundtrack, great 80s soundtrack. Sure. Uh, and whenever it's on, I'm always watching it. So uh, it's fantastic. I think Penelope Spheris is the director for that one, if I'm not wrong. Um, she was uh, great at that one. Uh, so I probably should have written, write, written, written down these. Uh, for, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's Amy Heckerling. My bad. Oh, boy. I am out of touch with the Schmodowns uh, training here. Amy Heckerling. She is the director on that one. Um, and I thought Amy, didn't she do Clueless as well? I think Amy Heckley. Yeah, she did Clueless as yeah, well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed that movie a lot. It's very funny. Still works. Uh, the smarminess of the guy who sells the tickets to the concerts, that guy still works. All of it still works for me. So, it's why it's uh, where it is uh, on the list. There at number six, I think. Yep. There yeah. you go. Right. There you go. All right. Um, we should take a break here, Matt, right? To listen to our Correct. sponsors uh, and uh, thank them so much for supporting the top 10 show. And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in a second. We'll see you in a second. And we're back. All right. Did you enjoy Beautiful. that break? Did you enjoy that break? I hope you had a good time. You didn't fully commit to the music. I don't think you turned the volume up high enough. No, you're right. I didn't. I'm getting better at it. Next week, I'll fully commit. Next week, I'll fully commit. Uh, all right. What you got, number five, my man? Uh, at five, I've got Mudbound. Oh, okay. Cool. Nice choice, man. Uh, not on my list. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, just really the resonance of it hit me hard upon seeing it. Um, and all those scuttlebutt of like, this should be considered for an Oscar. I think it's deserved. Yeah. It's really emotionally impactful. Uh, made me laugh a couple times in the midst of this very, very serious drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, sadly, the themes of, 70 years ago are, are still resonant to this day. And I think yeah. that's what's most palpable about it. I mean, look what's popping off in our society right yeah. now. The U.S., it's utterly it's baffling to me. I don't know where we're at in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So now to see a movie that's still dealing with a lot of those issues, but it's down south in uh, Mississippi, I want to say, mm-hmm. and post-World War II and two soldiers come back from war and just both of them readjusting. And, uh, you know, yeah. What it's like in that era and i don't know i i just i really liked the story the arc of it overall the characters and the acting i mean mary j blige is in this you don't even realize it until uh i didn't at least until i think she does like a slight voiceover on part or she's off screen i was like 
wait a second. And then the next time she came on, she has like glasses on the first time you see her mm-hmm. and stuff. But it took me a second to realize like, holy shit, that's Mary J. Blige. <laughs> and uh, what? Garrett Headland and. Right. And that guy from uh, Straight Lucas. Out of Compton. Um, Jason something. I can't remember. His Jason name. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Jason Lucas. Jason. No. Shoot. What is that guy's name? And then the, the woman from like in education, I believe she's in. Yeah. O'Shea Jackson. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jason Mitchell. Jason Mitchell. That's the guy's name. Not O'Shea Jackson Jr. Jason Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, because it only came out a few years ago. Yeah, 2017. Um, she She was nominated for an Oscar for that, I believe, for Best Supporting Actress, I think. Who, Carrie? No, Mary J. Blige. Really? I think so. I did nothing. I guess she did great. I just didn't yeah. think we'd be big enough to even for support. I guess I mean, it is a supporting female role. She's right. not asked to do a whole hell of a lot. I didn't. I, I so what did I say? I saw her in. Yeah, Mary J. Blige was nominated. The screenplay was nominated for best adapted screenplay. The cinematography was nominated, and best original song as well, which was a Mary J. Blige song, but. It won none of those awards, yeah, um, from the Academy Awards. But uh, yeah, I mean, I saw her in Umbrella Academy, and I thought Mary J did a nice job. I just didn't think it was like as good as it could have been. So uh, I like her better in Mudbound. I thought what she did in Mudbound felt much more real and organic. Yeah, than what it's she an understated performance. She, yeah, you know, it's a very real character. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, I would say um, Garrett Hedlund probably stole the show for me. Hmm. But his character is, you know, more charismatic. You're meant to like him more. Yeah, right. Uh, Cool. He did it. (laughs) So I don't know why I'm denigrating it. It, it, That was the role and he pulled it off. (laughs) So There you go. All right, that's my five. What do you got? Uh, The piano. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jane Campion. Film, I think... Holly Hunter won Best Actress for this one, I think. Uh, and uh, I think Kaitel was nominated. To, oh, Paquin won for sure. Uh, maybe Holly didn't win. I think Paquin won. Um, but this film is just so well done. Mm-hmm. And it's right at that time in the 90s when we're starting to get these independent films and films from foreign directors. Uh, and, of course, Australia, just because they speak English, it doesn't mean it's not foreign. It is foreign. Um, Jane Campion was fantastic with this film and uh, you, know, you get Harvey Keitel's private parts uh, which he was doing all over the 90s I guess uh, yeah. but it's a really sweet film because you know uh, she doesn't talk that much so it's it's a very restrained performance from Holly Hunter throughout uh, trying to escape a terrible marriage uh, falls in love with Keitel how they make that work at that time period you know um uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Paquin is fantastic as her daughter throughout the movie. So it's a really great film. And Sam Neill is uh, chilling in it as her husband. Um, but throughout, I think this film is something that a lot of people forget about from the early 90s or only kind of reference in a playful way. But this is actually a damn good film uh, and really well done and resonant. And I think it still holds up today. I think I saw it like a year ago or two years ago. And mm. I was like, this thing is still, still damn good. So... There you go. That's my uh, choice there, number five. Uh, it's a good choice. <laughs> what's, your, what's your four? 
At four, I've got the punt from earlier. You were never really here. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Nice. Um, that character, it's hard to take your eyes off him. Yeah. He commands every stinking scene. And if you hadn't seen this before, you saw Joker when he goes off of that dude, kills him in front of the midget. Yes. This movie. He's just got more beef to him because he's not as emaciated as he is Joker. Right. This guy that it looks like he's just on the fringe, but calm, cool, and he can just snap. And it makes more sense to me in this, whereas like in something like Drive, when Gosling's character Mm -hmm. goes banana times in that elevator, that to me threw me out of the movie because it's like, whoa, Jesus, this got, whereas Joaquin's is, it's a build in the brutality. And it's a dark, dark movie, but I think it's well-deserved to see at least once. I kind of feel like if he hadn't done this movie, maybe he wouldn't have gone as deep into the Joker. Look, and Joaquin's a fantastic actor. I think he would have gone deep into the Joker, but I think there was something about this movie that's almost like a dry run for what you see in the Joker. Because in the, in you were never really here. He's also taking care of his mom. Uh, yeah. He also has a weirdly playful relationship with his mom. Um, but there is, and also there is a sense of justice that he's trying to meet out. Um, but there is some uh, really uncomfortable shit in this movie that you have to navigate. And that ending, you have to decide how realistic that ending is or what yeah. that ending means, you know. But his brutality uh, is uh, unparalleled, I think, in any mm-hmm. film, almost any film I've seen before with that kind of character, you know. Yeah, uh, beautifully said. Um <laughs> When he has that, I mean the the, the hammer, dude. Fuck. Ugh. There's yeah, a few, you, yeah. There's a few times you're like, gee, in the kitchen. Oh, <laughs> in the fucking kitchen, man. That's when I was like, this guy. <laughs> and it didn't seem gratuitous. Nope. Somehow, no. Nope. It, it felt completely realistic and true to what this individual would have done going through this story. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Yeah number of moments like that i love it um all right which that's my number what that was my four your four sorry so my number four is selma the ava okay. film. good choice yeah yeah i, I like this movie uh, once again one, whenever it pops on i enjoy watching it this is this feels more like a play uh because the dialogue is so well constructed and uh fits perfectly within the scenes that are that are shot here by ava DuVernay, mm-hmm. um who i think is a bit of an uneven director because i didn't i really didn't like a wrinkle in time, but I like, I love her documentaries and I, sure. I hope she comes out of the gate with a really great new gods, but I don't know the jury's out for me, but I really love Selma. So her smaller stuff, I think she knows what to do in that world with that toolbox. Mm-hmm. We'll see what she can do with new gods because wrinkle in time was a big tapestry as well, or a bigger toolbox didn't really work out. We'll see how sure. new gods goes. But this film is such a quietly, uh, I don't know, you want to say powerful again, but just a quietly powerful film, man, about this, about Martin Luther King Jr., about his relationship with Credit Scott. And of course, what they and they show her listening to the tapes of Martin uh, and his uh, with other women. They address mm-hmm. it. Finally, a film about Martin Luther King that dresses his cheating on Coretta. Um, uh, all of that uh, is wrapped into also these very, very powerful moments on the bridge. When they, you know, protest 
uh, do that walk in and protest uh, against uh, the racism down there in Alabama. So all of it building up these, but these uh, intimate scenes are the scenes that I thoroughly enjoy this film for and the way she places the camera in certain angles uh, that really add to the tension and the, uh, the, I don't know, the frustration of the scenes as you're okay. watching them. So, yeah, I think she did a fantastic job of this film. I thought this film should have been nominated for way more than it was. Um, but I think people dismissed it as kind of, you know, a smaller independent film about, you know, Martin Luther King. There's way more here than people think uh, from the performances. And uh, David Oyelowo, I think, is the gentleman who plays Martin Luther King. It's incredible. Incredible. So, and yeah, there's my four. Yeah, I, I didn't think it deserved. Okay. Nominated. Okay. Yeah, but it, honestly, the overall feel, it, le- it felt like a really good TV movie. Not not like NBC or something, but something HBO put out, but there's no going to be a release. And it's like, right. that was really well done. But it didn't move me the way I was kind of hoping it would. Okay. That's uh, fair. But it was, yeah, very well done. I'm not shitting on the movie. No, no. Walked into it thinking, hey, this has got a shot in the Oscars. And then walked out going, it really doesn't for me. Right. Uh, right. Teach their own. That's the nice thing about it. Yeah, very true. Uh, uh, that was your four? Yes. All right, so my three is Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my three is Lost in Translation. Okay. That's a movie I need to see again. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. Um, I I like this movie a lot. Uh, it's you know Bill Murray. I mean, what what are you gonna do here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also one of the best films I've ever seen Scarlett Johansson do. Um, I'm not always okay. the biggest Scarlett Johansson fan. No no offense to anyone who is. It's just you know sometimes I can see through what she's doing, mm-hmm. and uh, as an it's actor, Ellen Page, huh? Oh, it's Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Yep, yep. I just not, see Ellen Page. I, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm watching Inception. Right now, I'm an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes into it. There are moments in that film where I'm just like, oh, she's just saying, not not that she's a bad actress, right? But she's just saying these lines. Yes. She's just Ellen Page. To the next scene. Yes. Yes. Every time I see her, I'm just like, it's just Ellen Page. I don't, it's not like you created anything new for me. Right. Right. Uh, And I've had that feeling since the first time I saw her. So it's never really Mm. left me. And, you know, she's been in huge movies, very wildly successful. I don't, not wishing her ill will or she should. Right. Right. Not right. my cup of tea, right. uh, which happens on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her in Umbrella Academy way more than I like her in Inception. Uh, and maybe okay. because they give her more emotional journeys to go on in Umbrella Academy than they do in Inception. But yes, I hear your point. Absolutely. And the same thing with Scarlett. I mean, being an actor, you and I being performers, being actors, like we can see the tricks. We can see when someone's really dialed in most of the time and when they're just kind of like delivering the lines and trying to figure out as they go along. And I feel a lot with Scarlett, there is, an, there is an understanding of what she's doing, but there are other films where she really gets it. Uh, and I feel like her is an incredible example of that. And I think this film mm. in Lost in Translation is too. There's such an, uh, an effortless melancholy to what she's doing throughout the movie. And uh, Bill Murray like kind of glums onto that and they become this unusual partnership throughout the movie. And also I think Sophia Coppola does a fantastic job, like creating these caricatures of Cameron Diaz, which is what Anna Faris is playing and uh, her husband or her, that she was divorcing, I guess, Spike Jones in the Giovanni Ribisi character. So seeing all of that in here as kind of a meta thing as well, I thought was nice. And then the mystery of what she whispers 
to Bill Murray at the end. I know some people have been irritated by that over the years, but I think it's kind of a sweet way to end the movie. If you if you're dialed into the movie, that's a sweet way to end the movie where they have a little private moment because you had this whole time with them. Um, yeah. and they have this moment to themselves in the movie, and I liked it. I thought that was really cool. So, do you know what? They uh, came out later and said that she whispered Martha, and then <laughs> it sets up the sequel, and Bill Murray comes back with a vengeance, dude. It is so good. So good. If you haven't seen Lost in Translation 2, this time it's for real. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, Lost in Translation was that oh, year's so good. This movie is awesome. Right, 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 right. And the hype was too big. So by the time I saw it, it was, you know, very rarely does a movie manage to then overcome. Like I waited to see Get Out for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before the end of the year, but I waited months because everybody's like, this thing is the most incredible. Right. Uh, it happens like uh, a baby driver. Thankfully, I saw that in the first handful, but that became oh, yeah. summers. Everybody's like, oh, you, if you really want to see something, you, gotta, you know, try and give the, the lowdown on a movie that, in, Everyone eventually ended up seeing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just because of those lofty expectations, it's always been like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> it's fine. I, mean, That's, I need to see it again because yeah. now it doesn't have the hype, I guess, maybe to me. I don't know. It's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, what's your number two? Uh, my two is the second Catherine Bigelow. So she was the only one that I was uh, okay. two for. Wow. So point break. Okay. That's all you, man. That is all you. You're not a Point Break fan? It's not that I'm not a Point Break fan. It's not going to make my top 10 of female-directed movies, for sure. Dude, it's my two because the rewatchability is utterly through the roof. (laughs) That's true. I'm not going to deny that. Well, you made made something that I will carry with me to the day I die. I will see Point Break when I'm 70. I'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, It's... That's, that is tough to do. I don't give a shit who you are. Mm-hmm. And it makes me and you and others long for why didn't uh, uh, oh God, Patrick, um, I'm blanking. Swayze? Swayze, thank you. I was like Duffy. And I was like, it's not fucking Duffy, man. <laughs> uh, Patrick Swayze. Why he didn't get a bigger run. We had to settle for like Black Dog. And yeah. Projects, when you see Point Break and you're like, dude, you want to talk about the epitome of cool? Yeah. That is all his character is in this. And Keanu Reeves, part of his early string of really good movies where he moved on from Bill and Ted's. We all knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, it was what, pre-Speed? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, but it's it's like right in that he is about to launch into being a superstar. Yes, that transition spot, right? Because, I mean, Parenthood's mm-hmm. around this time or just before this one, too. Yeah, uh, just before. And- and so then, then he gets this, and it's like, oh, okay, this is possible. And then you're right. Then speed comes along, and that really vaults him into the next uh, next phase of his career. Yeah, um, yeah. Just it never. I mean, Patrick Swayze was legitimately so cool that yeah. I would go skydiving and surfing from that day forward. <laughs> I still haven't gone skydiving. All right. Uh, I do want to do it, but now everybody that I know, basically, I'm at an age where if someone I know one to do it. They've already done it. Right. Uh, and everybody else has made their decision. <laughs> and I was broke at the age when you normally do this yeah. type of shit. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. I'll be like George Bush and I'll be 75, 80, jump out of a plane for the first time. <laughs> and they get addicted to it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so look, she got two on the list. One is a better crafted film, which is a punt for you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Point Break is just, I'm going to see that so many times. Yeah. I think, once again, I'm not going to fault. I don't fault you for it. Nor would I fault anybody who's listening to us for having it that high on their list if they were making a mental list of them for themselves. It's certainly a damn good movie, fun movie. Uh, I just think I, th- I think it's one of those action adventure films that I don't necessarily give the same kind of credibility in my mind to some of the other films in terms of technical expertise. But I absolutely respect the fact that it's on your list of two, man. I mean, like you said, the watchability factor is big for you. So I respect that. Um, uh, my number two is A League of Their Own. That's OK. That's Penny Marshall was the one I struggled to not have two of. Oh, 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 because you're number one. Okay. All yeah. right. I respect that. Okay. Uh, and if, well, if I'm going to break it for, you know. I felt the same way with her. I was like, which way do I go with this? And yeah. in the end, I'm like, I I will go. I will watch this one much more than I will see big. So okay. for me, uh, I, I like A League of Their Own. Um, you know, it's just, ah, damn, man, it's just so good. It's such a great mm-hmm. sports movie. Uh, all the great characters that you have throughout it, all the good actors through it. And it's really one of it's Penny Marshall as a very mature filmmaker and leaps and bounds, uh, you know, how she's how she grew as a director. Um, and it's still mind blowing that she never became even bigger after this. Uh, but this is the one where you watch and if there's not a boring moment in the thing. It's a really uh, sweet film. It's a poignant film. The relationship between Tom Hanks and Gina Davis, the what could have been aspect of it all, you know, Bill Pullman coming in, the battle between Lori Petty as the younger sister, Gina Davis, the mm-hmm. funny stuff of John Lovett's like all of it throughout is just uh, incredibly fun. Um, and Gina Davis carries that thing like a like a champ throughout the whole movie. And David Strather is fantastic as well. So and of course, Tom Hanks. But yeah, all around, just love this film and a great job by Penny Marshall. It's yeah. good. Several amazing scenes yeah i love when he throws the baseball uh glove at the kid <laughs> dying laugh. i laughed at that then i laugh at that now because <laughs> we all want to who hasn't been around a kid that's just like this kid oh love at him it's like the, the perfect weapon it's a soft leathery but still kind of will hurt a little yeah but mostly just his feelings yeah, uh, that's what he needs he needs to be a little, little backhand in the mouth right now no doubt no doubt uh, yeah yeah it's probably best that we're not parents. <laughs> true. Very true. And obviously the no crying in baseballs is part oh, yeah. of the lexicon of life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can still picture Tom Hanks. There's no crying. <laughs> just the look on his face is just exasperated by the, they're not ball players, They're girls. They still have that mentality. Just the shock on his face of what she's doing. She's like, what, what are, you, are, you, are you crying? And like just the complete and utter shock on his face about it. <laughs> Do you know if the Gina Davis doing the split, catching the ball behind her back is real? I don't know, actually. I've never even known that that was real or wasn't real. But good I mean, question. In the movie, it's just like a, I wonder if that would, because that's super athletic. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, the rivalry between her and Kit, her little sister. Yeah. Uh, the last Georgia Peach just passed away. Like a yes, week. yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, dude, uh-huh. she's that's uh, pretty incredible to you know last. But also, it tells you know we're uh, the world's moving on, man. The world's dude, moving on, dude. COVID's undefeated, baby. <laughs> I don't think she actually died. I don't think so either. <laughs> just of old age, she lived a long, full, grand life and yeah. got for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Good film. Yeah. Good film. So it's a, trust me, it hurt to take it, but I was like, I'm only going to break it for one. I'm not going to do it for two. I appreciate that. I respect that. Yeah. You know? Uh, all right. So let's get to it. You're number yeah. one, man. My one is big. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Penny else. Although then I made Bigelow 2 3, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I know what your number one is. It's an excellent choice. Big is awesome. Uh, where we all fell in love with Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. Lifted him above Money Pit and Splash. And uh, I think Turner and Hooch was pretty big. Yeah, maybe right afterwards, maybe. But it was maybe right after. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like he was shooting that while Big was getting massive. And then I think so. You shouldn't be in Turner and Hooch type of thing. Yeah. Um, the man with one red shoe was before that. Dragnet. Dragnet was before. Which I love. Yeah, but he hadn't really become Tom Hanks yet. No. Big was the one that vaulted him into Tom Hanks territory. Yeah. Where he's just utterly likable and lovable. Yeah. And to this day, just you got a real sense of the amount of charm and warmth that he could pull off, and he plays a grown child so innocently and, and, and truly. Yeah. You know? uh, character's name is what? Uh, is it Philadelphia. Yeah. Something bad. Ben. Ben. Sean. No, I think it was Ben. Or no, it's Josh, isn't it? Josh. Josh. Josh, Josh Haskins. I think it's Josh Baskin. Baskin. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's jarring when he goes back to being a kid at the end. It's just like, I'm so used to visualizing Tom Hanks that you almost forgot what the actor looked like. Yeah. Played him as, you know, the young teenage kid. Right. Um, just a pitch perfect movie. But, you know, what hasn't been said about Big? Yeah, I mean, it's, I stumbled upon the, uh, when I was flipping channels one day, I stumbled upon the Robert Loggia piano scene. Mm-hmm. So classic. So great. Uh, and the story works because you could see it happening in the New York of the 80s, of the 1980s. You could see a guy who's like frustrated with the direction of the yuppies taking his company. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is 88 or 89, somewhere around there. And, uh, you know, Wall Street is like one year away from or one year before 87, I think. And so you get this idea that the, this New York is driven by money and these people who just want to make money. Yeah. Uh, and don't give a shit about people. I don't give a shit about, there's no human connection. Uh, and here comes this guy who has got uh, essentially, and also this was the time in the late 80s, people talk about their inner childs. Uh, so, or inner children rather. And so uh, he kind of touches on this idea of going back to being a kid, remembering why Robert Loja's character got into toys, why he yeah. loved doing this and so he brings him back to that time and he actually has some really good ideas uh of what that of what works and what what can happen here uh that uh, revolutionizes things but also he struggles with this idea and i love this the relationship to him and him and his friend really is so well done because yeah. at first of course they're excited you can get away and try all these things and of course shazam stole some of that as well this idea of what you can get away with now that you're yeah. older in a new body or whatever but then eventually it's like real adulthood comes in and you do leave your friends for the girl you care about sometimes, or you don't spend as much time with your friends. And of course a kid that age can't conceive of that yet because you're not supposed to conceive of that yet, yeah. but yet that happens to him. So how do they negotiate that? Uh, uh, and of course, you know, when he turns nine years old, she watches him turn into whatever he is, 10, 12, whatever it is when he yeah. turns back. It's always weird, right? Uh, because she was like, I just slept with, a, with him last night and he was 
22 years old. Now he's like 14. So it's very strange, but it's a sweet film. So it works, you know, it is. I, I think it, at that moment in your life, you think everything is going to last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. confronting that part of lost childhood of things. Yeah. And you have to deal with that, you know, accept it and move forward just like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you're number one. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, the punt from earlier. Uh, I love that film. Um, it is so damn good, and Jessica Chastain is so good in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and I know, I know, I got a lot of shit for the torture stuff, but I don't care. I think this film captures the. Huh? People were upset that they showed it. No, no, people were upset that they implied that the torture got them information to go after Bin Laden because that wasn't necessarily the case which the report that film that came out from adam driver and uh yeah that Annette did, Benning, yeah 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 which is it's good it's a damn good film yeah. so fucking frustrating to go through that right right but that's like what kind of connected to zero dark 30 because that uh, they were breaking down the lies that the cia was trying to push out that the torture thing had worked when it didn't and so uh, that's what a lot of people gave shit to Zero Dark Thirty about. But I, I, to me, that's such a small part of it that I don't care. What it is is about the frustration of hunting this man down and the bureaucracy and the red tape. And then when her friend gets killed by the bomb in the restaurant, you're just like, this. Mm. Uh, there's a real cost to what they're doing. There's a real uh, consequence to them not finding this person in time and how well, it's emboldening these attacks. Her friend gets killed at a base. Oh yeah, the base. Sorry, the base. Yeah, yeah the right, doctors right, right. driving. I think there was an attack at a restaurant. At a restaurant, right? Yeah. Uh, in the movie. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember. I mean, I remember the night it was announced. Mm. In the oh, Ar- with Bin Laden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, watching, you know, President Obama come out, mm. make an announcement, and then seeing celebrations rise up as you know the national news went to other cities. Yeah. I text my dad about it, and it's like, on the one hand, you know. This is good for us, but on the other, it's really weird to watch people celebrating, openly celebrating joyful over the death of another human being. Yeah. Awful that human being is. It was just, do I, I guess I feel good about this, but I'm conflicted because people are, I don't know, it's still death. We still killed someone. I I struggled with it internally. Ultimately, the guy was just going to continue to do these things. Yeah, yeah. You have to take them out, but it's like, man, what a morose. It's not like we have a cheering section on death row, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Know. It's weird. And the way they put out the information to really try to um, insult him and insult his followers by saying he had tapes and tapes of pornography, which is, of course, really against uh, the uh, strict teachings of uh, Muslim, yeah. uh, uh, the Muslim faith, rather. And so all of it is wrapped up in this and you get a pretty good performance from Joel Edgerton and Chris Pratt. Like this is yeah. his first film where he's like lost weight and he's in shape. He looks fantastic. And mm-hmm. for this role, you know, uh, and throughout. So, uh, I just like, I'm not always like, again, Jessica Chastain, I think sometimes she's good. And I think other times she's just coasting on the strength of her, cha- her abilities, uh, as a person, like her strength, her natural strength, like in apocalypse yeah. or whatever is uh, dark Phoenix. She was terrible in Dark Phoenix, but something like oh. Molly, Molly's game, she's good. And something Do like you this, blame her for good. that? Well, I don't blame her. I'm just saying I'm, I'm analyzing the performance. I'm saying this is the performance that I saw, uh, and she's not yeah, good at it. You know, everybody's performance in that movie was terrible. Sure, but fair. Ruby Turner was not good. Jennifer Lawrence, 
could give two shits. Yeah, she was done. Yeah. Fassbender didn't really look like he wanted to be there. Right. Uh, McAvoy looked like he was tuned in, but the I mean, at the restaurant, it was just chaos. It was, yeah. I don't know. The movie was terrible. Right. I'm, I'm just looking at it as a look, looking at it, I go, this is, I didn't think this was a good performance. So, um, uh, but I, but this in, in this, she's just uh, so magnetic to watch as she's trying to figure this thing on the first building for the writing the numbers on the, on the uh, window of how many days it's been, you know, since they got yeah, in action. Since yeah. All of they that. They found the compound and just like a hundred right. days finally. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved her reaction after she has to make the physical ID and it's not like she starts cheering the yep. reality of I spent 12 years to find this man and I finally achieved it. Like, will that make an in, a difference, an impact? Yeah. Will that stop the, the onslaught of terrorism, like all these things. And you have to, you have to kind of suppose that, mm-hmm. rather than, that she is going through that, but her performance really gives off this air of, she doesn't feel complete. Right. Nor should she. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, revenge rarely leads to, yeah, it's, it's unfulfilling. You're never going to yeah. fill that hole in your soul by mm-hmm. taking someone else's life. Uh, well, I'm sure someone has at some point, but yeah. by and large, it doesn't seem like it really works out to be the case. It never brings back the person you lost. It yeah. never brings it back, you know? So, uh, but yeah, anyway, all right. That's our uh, uh, separate list for the top 10 female directed movies um, or movies from a female director. Uh, uh, and now we'll compile the list and uh, give you our final uh, list here. Uh, well, it looks like Zero Dark is number one. Okay. Um, that was your one. So we don't have anything in common again until my four, which is never, you were never really here. Right. Four that and doesn't seven. seem like a two. To no, me. I agree. I agree. So, so big. Sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, what's your two again? A league of their own. Okay. What do you got? I had point break, but I'll go point break at four. Okay. Uh, do you want to, you're never really here here? Oh yeah, sure. Let's do it here. Or seven. Yeah, works for me. Alrighty, that's all we have in common. Well we have leave no trace in common. Oh, leave no trace, that's right. But that's later, maybe put that later on the list, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Which I have lost in translation at three. What do you have? I have lost in translation. Right? Okay. Your next highest? Four with Selma. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got three spots left. You want to do Leave No Trace here? Yeah, sure. That works. And I've got my five mm-hmm. uh, mudbound. Sure, man. I got my five too, but I'll do it after yours. All right, what do you got? The piano. All right, good to go. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, there we go. All right. Let me bring the bongo, uh, bongos out here. Um, the top 10 movies from a female director. Yeah. At number 10. The Piano. At number nine. Mudbound. At number eight. Leave No Trace. 
At number seven, Selma. At number six, Lost in Translation. At number five, You Are Never Really Here. At number four, Point Break. At number three, A League of Their Own. At number two, Big. And our number one movie from a female director is Zero Dark Thirty. There he goes. There he goes. Zero Dark Thirty. Catherine Bigelow. Ah, uh, that. There it is. And we got uh, James Leggett's list. Oh, yeah. Let's look at James Leggett's list. And let's see. At 10, he's got uh, The Virgin Suicides by Sofia Coppola. Nice choice. At 9, Trouble Every Day by Claire Dennis. Oh, I've never seen it. Eight, Book Smart, Living mm-hmm. Wild. <laughs> Pardon me. Bless you. Seven is Wonder Woman by Patty Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Six is The Nightingale by Jennifer Kent. Oof, yeah, okay. Uh, five is Lady Bird, uh, Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. Uh, four is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Celine Sciamma. Okay. Sciamma. Uh, three, You Were Never Really Here. Two, The Babadook. Whoa. And number one is We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lynn Ramsey. Yeah, I, I need to see that film. Considering how I loved, how much I loved You Were Never Really Here, I need to see We Need to Talk About Kevin. Yeah, I, I haven't see seen it either. And then he wrote, writes at the very end, also, thank you, Matt and John, but just to clarify, I am not British, though my <laughs> just otherwise. I'm from New Jersey and work in New NYC, so if you eventually do a New York show, I'll be there and gladly correct Matt on his inglorious bastard's opinion. Ooh. We can't, can't all have the right takes all the time, so I'm happy to help out. Wow. Uh, Shots you know, fired. Uh, that would hurt if you were from anywhere but Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that from New York. I'll take that from Pennsylvania. I'll take that from a lot of people from a lot of states. But Jersey, no, I did not happen. You're the bastard stepchild of the redheaded stepchild of New York. We all fucking know it. <laughs> so I don't care. I don't really care. From so bring it on, James. Still the British. I don't remember. I guess we made fun of his last name, huh? Or do you? I, yeah, I, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember doing it about uh, someone. I just uh, didn't realize it was James. Now there we go. Well, it does sound like a British last name. I'm not going to die and deny that. Lord Leggett. Exactly. It's got it's yeah. got a specific vibe to it. But yeah. thank you so much for supporting us over at Patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten. And uh, we got a new show coming out. It starts in uh, July. So if you want to be a part of it, it's at the twenty and up tier. So those that are boss hog, you already qualify. But the, the entry, the cutoff date is going to be July 1st. So we're not going to do a relist for this month when you're hearing this because we're building up to, to do our version of Jeopardy. Or we're yep. still looking for a name. But yep. we've got categories and questions and we've got to do scheduling and all that stuff. So there's a lot of groundwork to lay for that show. But uh, if you want to be a part of it, please join us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Uh, we'd love to have you. And uh, we guys are looking forward to that show. It should be a lot of fun. We're both excited about it. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost, uh, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T. And if you'd like, please check out my other podcast. It's called Embrace the Hate. You can find it anywhere that uh, you find podcasts. There you go. Uh, you can find me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And, of course, I've got my YouTube channel. Please come and subscribe to that, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. So much uh, stuff there talking about movies, talking about entertainment, talking about sports, talking about pro wrestling. 
Uh, the Geek Buddies are on there so much on the uh, Outlaw, uh, Outlaw Nation channel. So please come and subscribe there. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe subscribe to our, top, our uh, YouTube channel, the Top 10 YouTube channel. Go and get involved in that. We're trying to get ourselves monetized. So that is out there for you all to mm-hmm. go and subscribe to as well. Uh, if you're just listening to us, you can watch our pretty faces uh, doing uh, every one of our show, every one of our main shows on that uh, channel uh, there now. So go subscribe to that as well. Um, all right, and of course, be a part of our Facebook group. Don't forget to be a part of the Facebook group as well. A lot of great people handling that and uh, keeping the fort down for us there. Um, and uh, anything else, Matt? Is that it? I think that's it, man. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for watching this episode of the Top 10 Show. And we'll, back, we'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Take care until then. 